Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yo, what is up, guys? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. It is a solo Johnny show today. No Daniel today. Daniel's actually at the Angels game. Uh, Daniel had tickets to tonight's game. I think it's uh, Wookiee night, right? Rally monkey, Wookiee, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But it's been the last couple of... um, um, it's been a pretty rough couple of days. Obviously, we got swept by uh, Minnesota, but we'll get into that. I'll get into the weekend review right now. Um, I'm also on Instagram Live, so if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, on the download on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you might be you're you know you might say, "Well, who's he talking to?" I'm talking to the guys on on Facebook or on Instagram Live too. So, hey, I know you guys sent me a request to do a live video. I can't really do a live video on Instagram Live and do a podcast at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. So sorry, but if you have questions, I'll be glad to answer them. Um, you know, for the show, if you guys also, you know, during the week, you guys have questions for the show, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's where we'll get all our comments, questions, concerns for the show. But before I get going and get this show on the road, uh, we like to take a moment to shout out our sponsors, and one of our sponsors is My Bookie. And, you know, My Bookie is a great place. You know, um, I get asked, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with, and I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where to go, and the answer is My Bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book business, they've got good. They've been good to us, and I know they'll be good for you guys. They're hooking up all our listeners this month. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code ANGELS when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. Laying down $100, then you got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag and then use promo code ANGELS. You play, you win, and you get paid. So, mybookie there. Man, I'm going to have to talk throughout this whole show. And that's hard for me. That's really hard for me. Uh, because uh, usually, you know, Daniel's right here, and, uh, you know, we're, like, bouncing off, and I could rest my voice a little. And it's weird because I used to do this by myself for about a year and a half, almost two years. And now um, it's just like I got Daniel, and, you know, the the thing about me doing it by myself was I didn't have the drive to keep doing it every week. So it's like, ooh, 
It's it's. I need someone to help me. Angels suck right now. Says Yeezy Breezy two three two on Instagram Live. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll get into it. I you know what? It's fine. It's good to be upset. We're fans. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be upset when the team isn't performing. But I've I. Uh, they're the team that I expected them to be. Let's just put it that way, you know. I'll get into it. I have a lot of stats here written down. We have some people that email the show who kind of have similar... Uh, what's the word? Have similar thoughts on the situation with the Angels right now. Um, so, yeah. But, hey, easy breezy. It's all good, bro. It's all good. Relax. So, let's kick it off. We we recorded on Thursday, and it was an Angels off day. We actually were scheduled to record last Friday. But I'm about to talk about Friday's game, and we we canceled Friday's um, recording because, well, we had tickets for the Angels game, and uh, Daniel and I sat together. We had I got hook up, I got hooked ups on tickets, so we went over there and uh, had a good time. The Angels uh, played the Kansas City Royals on Friday, and Matt Harvey, believe it or not, took the hill that day. He went five innings, he gave up four hits, two and runs, four quick, four Ks, six strikeouts. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he did bad. The only problem with with that outing for me on Harvey's side on Friday was the fact that he only goes five innings, and that's that seems to be the trend for Angels starting pitching. Uh, five seems to be the limit. You know, um, it's hard for them to get into the seventh. Even in, even have them go six innings, it's hard. You know, you look at these Angels stat lines for their pitchers, their starting pitchers, and it's. You know, five, five and two thirds, you know, and it's the same situation they were in last year. And that's a bit frustrating for me. It's frustrating because, you know, you expect them to um, at least go a little deeper, but it is what it is. You know, the Angels scored early in this game, the second, getting up three nothing. Harvey gets out of a jam in the third. The Angels tack on another run in the bottom of the third. The Royals got on the board in the bottom of the sixth inning, and that would be all they did. The Angels added another run on a Albert Pujols single. Undertaker got the save in this game. I have no audio for that stuff. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Maybe this is Undertaker gets a save. That's a little mysterious, right? That's a little mysterious sound. So, Angels got the win 5-2 to two against Kansas City on Friday. Team they need to beat. Team they should beat. Um, you know, you always hope that, you know, teams like Kansas City, Detroit, you want them to kind of sweep these guys. You want them to take every single game. And they're supposed to. These are teams that they're supposed to beat. So on Saturday, the Angels took um, took on Kansas City a game. And this is a game where, uh, thank God, <laughs> one of our starters went seven innings. Griffin Canny went seven innings. He gave up three hits. No earned runs. One walk. I love the one walk. Five strikeouts. The Angels got ahead early in the first inning on a Mike Trout solo home run which happened to be this number 250th of his career bringing him closer and closer to you know breaking the angels all-time record held by tim salmon at 299 um i think garrett anderson might follow that and then i think brian downey was at 222 he passed him up a few years ago uh and then they added another run in the, uh another they added a second run in the second inning and in the sixth inning otani homers giving the angels his four uh, nothing lead they wouldn't look back on that one. They tacked on two more. The Royals scored their three runs in the eighth inning. Canning going seven for me was the most important part of this game. Seven innings by a starting pitcher 
and he gave up no runs, no earned runs on his end, seven innings pitched. I like that. You know, his high, his strikeouts weren't high, which allowed him to get deeper into the game. You know, when a guy throw you know strikes out a lot of guys, that means his pitch count is up. That means he maybe he goes five, maybe he goes six, but five strikeouts. You know, it's not that high nine, ten strikeouts. He's at five. He goes seven. I'll take that over him striking out ten guys in the game. I'll take the seven innings over uh, ten strikeouts in one game. To me, it's more of a quality start. It's a quality start if you go deeper. Um, what good does it do if you strike out, you know, eight, nine guys in four innings? You know, it's it doesn't it doesn't um, doesn't get your team deep into the games. You have to get into the bullpen. It's a situation where. Unfortunately, you know, you you tax the bullpen in that situation. So I'll take seven innings strong from Griffin Canning and lower strikeouts all day. So the Angels took the win six to three against Kansas City. So on Sunday they looked to sweep Kansas City, but unfortunately there was no offense in this game. The Royals scored three runs in the top of the third. Angels scored their only run in the fourth. The Royals added two more as they won 5-1. to one. Again, no offense. Tyler Skaggs continues to struggle because Skaggs in this game, when he went five and two-thirds, the three runs, it's not like he struggled too much. That's only three runs. But still, five and two-thirds, you're not going deep into games. Um, six hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, high strikeouts in five and two-thirds. I don't know what his pitch count was on, on here. Um, that's a problem, you know. That's a problem with... Um, High strikeouts, lower innings. It's, it's unfortunate. You, 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 a guy like Skaggs, you want a guy like Skaggs to be kind of like the workhorse for the team. And the last couple of starts have been rough for him. He got roughed up a couple of times, and then him just not being able to get into the sixth or pass the sixth inning, get into the seventh inning is something that I think he needs to kind of set a goal for. I mean, uh, man, it's frustrating when you know how good he can be. We've seen glimpses of it. And he just can't put it together. Let me get a swig of water right now because. I don't want to not talk and have dead air. That's weird. Ah, wet my whistle right there. All right, so again, the Angels lost this one 5-1. to one. No offense. Uh, so they take the series two, game, uh, two games to three. They took two out of three, three games against Kansas City. <clears throat> and then they played on Monday. Uh, this, this, was, this was a series that I was kind of like, Okay, let's see what they what they what they're made of because you know they, we had just played Minnesota but on the road last week, so this week here we go you know and I felt you know we only took one out of three games but I felt like we played them really well every run every game was a one run game, so to me it was um it was kind of like a, a series where I said okay they proved something something to me now let's see now that they you know that Minnesota has seen them and they've seen Minnesota fairly you know a few days ago let's see what can happen let's see if they're able to to uh continue to kind of press them and see how good they are because kansas city guys is probably i believe kansas city is the best team in the majors right now record wise um yeah they are 33 and 16 minnesota is 33 and 16 they're ahead of uh houston for the number one spot because houston's 33 and 18 they have two less losses in houston and the same amount of wins. So if, if the season were to end right now, Minnesota's the best team in the American League. So, and for the Angels to have played them well last week, you know, taking one out of the three games and, and having every game be very competitive and only losing by one run in all three games, or two out of the three games, 
you know, that that impressed me. So heading into Monday, uh, it was a opener game. Uh, Taylor Cole pitched the first inning, and then Felix Pena came in through five five innings. I mean, that's pretty much the guy he is. I think we've kind of we've kind of um, I kind of we expect that from him now. I think that we we've learned to accept that he's probably a five inning guy, and that's it. He have four hits, one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts. It's a low scoring game. The Twins jumped ahead early in the second, and the Angels tied it in the seventh um, at one. And then in the eighth inning, the Twins scored two, capped off by a two-run home run by Miguel Sano off Ty Buttry, a guy who's been pitching very well for the Angels, a guy who, you know, he's almost automatic, and for them to have scored or hit that home run uh, was kind of like, damn. So down 3-1, hitting into, you know, the last inning. Um, Otani gets hit by the pitch on the hand. He gets taken out of the game, and you're like, Oh, no. You know, especially since we just got him back. And then the very next play, Simmons grounds the ball to short, tries to leg it out. He suffered a what eventually became, what eventually turned out to be a severe grade three sprain. Um, he'll be out for a while. He's placed on a 10-day IL, but that's just for him. That's just to put him on now. He's going to be gone a lot longer. I'm not sure exactly. I haven't heard any real news on timetable yet, but... Simmons and Otani go down in this game. Good thing is that Otani came back the next game. Um, it wasn't as bad as, as thank God, as we had hoped, as we were thinking it was going to be. We're like, I know when I saw it, I went, oh my God, this is just what we need. But luckily, he he's okay. Simmons, on the other hand, and here's the thing with Simmons: the Simmons play. And I was telling my son, you know, I was telling him, you know, Simmons uh, got hurt running at first. I showed him the video and stuff, and you know, me being a coach, I've been a coach for. I don't know, over 10 years now. And, you know, at the high school level, I've coached at the high school level. I've coached, obviously, at the little league level. And I've coached, you know, teens. Um, and my one thing, and I always tell guys, I was like, don't lunge at first. I, I don't like the lunge. I feel like it's the same thing if you run hard through the bag. The lunge only is going to, this is the only bad outcome that can, the bad outcome is really bad, can be really bad, and, and this is one of the worst, you know, grade three sprain means there's some terror, terror or something wrong in there, um, but not even that, you know, when you lunge like that, I don't even think you get more, I don't even think you get more of a edge, I think it's really just a, an instinct thing, but still, run, run hard through the bag, don't lunge, man, you could jack your hammy up you can hyperextend your knee you can do what Simmons did mess up your ankle luckily he didn't break it um that that that's scary and uh, yeah Angels lost this one three to one so they dropped the first one against Minnesota so you hope that they bounce back in the next game and you know I, th- I thought it wasn't a bad outing for Trevor Cahill he went five innings gave up two hits he only gave up one run two walks five strikeouts High pitch count again um, for Cahill not being able to get past the fifth inning. These guys go five innings is, is a max. It's 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 pretty ridiculous. But I thought he didn't pitch too bad. I feel like maybe when they took him out of this game, I I feel like maybe they should have left him in for one more batter, give him a chance. He did have a three nothing lead, and um, they took him out. I, I, but again, I, it's hard for me to question Osmus's decision here too because he's kind of Cahill's been a gas can to be I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything here guys but he's been giving up a lot of hormones so maybe Osmus was like oh, I don't want to t-. and it ended up happening anyway but 
I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know exactly what the pitch count was, but I know he had kind of been getting himself out of jams. He was in a jam there in the fifth. So he started the sixth. So he went five plus is what it was. He got into the sixth inning and then somebody doubled. Well, the Angels jumped ahead early, scoring three runs in the first, two innings. One was coming off a solo homer by Mike Trout in the first. Um and then the twins would come back and tie it. They scored three in the sixth and then a two run home run by Marwin Gonzalez, and that's the one I was talking about where, you know, I don't know if Cahill would have been in there that long, but then they ended up scoring like five more times, and, you know, the Twins won 8-3, to three. and this one was this one was a, a hard one because the Angels had the lead going in, it's 3-0 lead going into the sixth, and, you know, Cahill got two guys on, I think, or something like that, and then, the you know, he only ended up really giving up one run, but the bullpen gave up the rest of the seven runs, so the bullpen got tagged, and, and this could be a, something that can be directed at Maybe the bullpen being overused a little bit. Some same thing as last year. The bullpen having to have to come in early in games, having to have to come in in the fifth, it, it, sometimes even in the fourth inning. You know, um, but but I'm going over every one of these games, and the trend is five innings. You know, can't happen. You know, you, you need a guy to go at least six, get into the seventh inning, and people, you know, people may say, well, it's just one more inning, but that's one more inning for a guy in the bullpen. You know, it's it's. This bullpen has been a bright spot for the Angels, whether you guys want to agree with me or not. This, this bullpen has been, I believe, very uh, up to the task at, at keeping teams at bay. If you look at the the Angels' losses, they've been because they haven't scored any runs or because, you know, the, the starter got us in too deep of a hole. Too, too early in, in the early part of the season, the Angels' starters are giving up way too many runs early. We fall behind quick, and then the Angels will make a comeback with, with far runs short. And that's the thing. I don't think you can really blame the bullpen, except for maybe these games now, these last couple of games when the bullpen just kind of came in and gave up runs. It's hard. So that was Tuesday, an 8-3 loss against Minnesota. So they look to bounce back on Wednesday. The game got postponed um, to the next day, which was Thursday. It rained in the day, probably around, I think it started raining about 2 o'clock, and it rained really, really hard for about a good hour. And that one hour did the stadium in, you know. This is Southern California. We're not used to rain. So the stadium got flooded, I guess. It, you would you could see it on TV in the outfield when people were walking that every step these people would take, like, a puddle would jump up. And, you know, let's be honest. I probably wouldn't have wanted to see that game played in, under those condi- conditions. The last thing we need is for Mike Trout to go after a ball and he slips and falls or something like that, you know, or... What kind of conditions? I, I don't want to see the ball hit a puddle and just stop there, you know, stuff like that. So I thought it was a good decision to cancel the game to Thursday. Unfortunately for the Angels, they weren't ready because they got demolished. Not much I can say on this one. They got killed. Harvey struggled. Um, boom Boom does go deep, which is Boom Boom La Stella. So he keeps surprising people. He keeps doing his thing. Um, that's the only bright spot for the Angels in this game. You know, they did score seven runs. They did make a little comeback there at the end, but they were down They were down 14-2 at one point. I watched the first two innings, and um, they were down like 5 nothing in the blink of an eye. And uh, Harvey struggled in this game. Harvey, it's, it's, there's an email question that got sent to us, and you know, I'll, I'll get more into Harvey when I start answering the email questions. But this is another case of the bullpen having to have to come in and, and, and early and have to just play in a game where you're behind seven, eight, nine runs already. So you're pretty much in there just to kind of put out, not even put out a fire, but you're in there just to sustain that, you know, let's just get to the end of this game. And that's what it was. I mean, you could tell by the, 
I don't want to say demeanor, but by the, yeah, I guess the demeanor of the, I mean, God, when you're down five, six, seven, eight, nothing in two innings against a team that, you know, Minnesota, where you're like, oh, crap, you know, this is, this isn't good. Can you blame the bullpen? Can you really blame the bullpen? It's, this one was a tough loss. I have no stats written down for this one. I didn't want to get into the Harvey stats for the game on this one. It really was something I didn't really want to de- delve, 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 delve. What's the word I'm looking for? I didn't want to. I didn't want to dive into it. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like go into. But you know what? Let me pull it up. I'll pull it up for you guys. Give me a second here. Okay, so for the Angels, Matt Harvey went two and two-thirds. He gave up seven hits on eight runs. Uh, Taylor Cole came in, pitched two innings, pitched well. He gave up, he pitched two and a third. He didn't give up any runs. No, he came in, pitched one and two-thirds. He gave up five runs on four hits. Cody Allen came in, one and a third. He gave up two runs. And then Jared Walsh came in and pitched an inning, and he gave up a run uh that's jared walsh pitching in a game like this is exactly what daniel and i had talked about you know we talked about when jared walsh got called up we're like oh a two-way another two-way player uh this is this is where we were like well he probably will be used more as a position guy he'll only pitch in the game if the angels are getting blown out or they blow out a team and in this situation it was the angels getting blown out so harvey gave up eight of the 16 runs so, you know, the bullpen gave up five, seven. They gave up eight combined. So, you know, four guys combined gave up what Matt Harvey gave up in two and two-thirds of an inning. So that's not good, obviously. So, you know, I'll talk about Matt Harvey uh, when we get to answering some emails. So that's the week in review for the, for this week. Where they're at right now, today, the day of recording, February – or February. Why did I say February. May 24, 2019, they do have a game, which is going about to start in about five minutes. Um, they are standing at 22 and 27. So the Angels right now are at 22 and 27 for the season. Yeah, they're under 500. Um, but it's not. The, it could be worse. Really, it really can be, guys. It could be really, really worse. And I'll get into that in just a minute. So 22 and 27. To round out the year, to round out the the this week in review, that's where they're at right now. Um, like I said, Rangers today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Then they hit the road, and this is this is what is going to get tricky for the Angels. They hit the road three in Oakland, four in Seattle. Then they have to go to Chicago and play that makeup game against the Cubs, and then they come home. But there's no day off there. There's no days off until. I want to say that Daniel said June something or other. I don't. I don't know for sure. Hold on, I got it right here. Let me. The Angels do not have a day off until. So, like I said, they have the Rangers today in Anaheim. Then they head over to uh, Oakland. Then they head to Seattle. Then they head to Chicago. Then they play Oakland at home, and then Minnesota at home or Minnesota Seattle at home. Then the Dodgers, and they don't have a. Game, they don't have a day off until the series against the Dodgers is over, which would be June 12th. So, you know, that's a lot of straight games. They had Wednesday off, kind of. They still had to show up to the ballpark. They still had to do everything. They didn't have a full day off on Wednesday. So, all right. So, that's a week in review, like I said. 
Took two out of three from Kansas City, then got swept by Minnesota. Three by Minnesota, so not a not ideal what the Angels want to do, but yeah. So, anyways, a little bit of news, not too many. Um, again, I talked about the Simba injury. There's no real timetable yet. It's still, I guess, kind of early to tell anything really. I don't know if they've released anything. I haven't really looked into that. Daniel's more of that guy who delves into you know the news and stuff, but. He'll be out for, you know, more than a few days. Let's, let's put it that way. Again, Otani's, Otani's okay, but, you know, that it is what it is. But a little bit of, a little bit of local news, I guess. Uh, Joe Adele has been cleared to play, and he, got, he didn't get demoted. He was in AA. He was supposed to start the season in AA. He got injured, obviously. We know he got injured in spring training and pretty badly. He is back, but the Angels sent him to Class A Inland Empire. He'll be there tomorrow. We'll be there tomorrow. If you guys aren't aware, uh, Halo Haven will be there with the bus. <coughs> the rally bus will be there. So your chance not only to see us, but you can see Joe Adele at Inland Empire in San Bernardino. And Joe Adele, um, Angel's top prospect, obviously, played there last year. Got called up to A last year as well. He was going to start the season in AA. I've, I expected him to be in AAA by the end of the season. Um Really young guy, really exciting guy to play. Hopefully, he this will be his time to kind of work his way in. I don't know how long the Angels will keep him in an empire, but I feel like there's no rush right now. Get him back, get his confidence back up. Let him kind of work himself in, kind of rehab from, from this injury. Get his feet, no pun intended, under him. Get him going. Um, but it's exciting because the Angels are, you know... Uh, are giving are doing us a little mini favor here and sending them to an empire so especially for us here at Haley Haven we're able to go there and and check it out so um Joe Dow is at an empire so that's all the news I got for today but uh before we move on to the show I'd like to take a second to introduce our our newest friends from SeatGeek let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal let SeatGeek do the work for you their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite games, concerts, or shows and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 so that you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks a great deal. Uh, a yellow a yellow dot, mm, that's a good deal. And then a red dot, nah, don't, don't get those ones. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Use SeatGeek. Use that code. That's our code. That helps us out. That helps you out. You get $20 off. You get $20 off, and that helps us because they're like, hey, Halo Haven, All Angels Podcast is hooking up. They're bringing people to our site. You know what I mean? So let them uh, let them do the, the work for you. SeatGeek, man. They do good things. And they're a sponsor. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Usually, this is Dan's segment of the show. He does a poll question, but there's no Dan, so I'm going to fill in and do it. We do a poll question every Monday, and usually it's a question pertaining to baseball. Not necessarily Angels sometimes. It's just baseball or anything in particular. This one was on the Angels. Um, we're on Facebook Live or on Instagram Live again, so if anybody on Instagram Live has any questions, shoot them my way. Um, the poll question for this week was, who do you think will the Angels – who who do you think will help the Angels – once they return, who would help them the most? You had Keenan Middleton, J.C. Ramirez, Andrew Heaney, and Justin Upton to choose choose from. At forty, at eight percent was J.C. Ramirez. Not a lot of love for J.C. I think J.C.'s going to help the Angels a lot. I don't know if he'll help them more than any of these other guys, but J.C.'s a guy that you can plug into the rotation, or he can be a long guy. 
and he not last of the year for led the Angels and wins. Uh, so he had eight percent. Keenan Middleton was at twenty percent. Keenan, I think, is a valuable part to that road, to that bullpen. He is obviously the closer of the future. Um, so to get him back to be another late inning guy, a guy who wants to take the ball and wants to throw, that's a guy you always want in your bullpen. Um, so he was at twenty percent. Justin Upton was at twenty five percent. This is a guy in the line in the middle of the lineup that can provide pop thirty home runs, thirty home runs, ninety to hundred RBIs. Obviously, you miss that. And, and uh, Ben Sosa agrees. He says Upton on Instagram Live. Yeah, I mean he's a valuable part of that of that lineup, no doubt. He changes the dynamic of that lineup. You're able to have, you know, if you start out with Fletcher, Lestella, then Trout, Otani, Upton, Pujols, Simba. You're able to bat either. Fletcher up then or Lacella lower in the lineup. You got a guy like, you know, Lucre who's having a decent season with the bat. In my opinion, you're able to kind of just, you know, work more guys who can hit in that in that lineup. The only thing is to me is, what do you do with a guy like Goodwin who's having a decent season? He's cooled off, he's having a decent season. So he he turns into your fourth downfielder. I guess we'll take that if Upton's coming back. And finally, Andrew Heaney at 47. percent So obviously, Andrew Heaney won this poll. Every, you know, most Angel fans feel like Andrew Heaney is the one that's going to help us the most. And obviously, that's that's probably the, the, the safest answer because Andrew Heaney obviously is a part of the rotation. He's going to take a spot from either, you know, I'm assuming Harvey or or Cahill, or they might they might slide him into that um, that role where Pena was. You know, he, he'll take that spot in the rotation where the opener was starting. Maybe. I don't know. We'll get into that. I know we have email questions coming up here. Actually, right now. But, yeah, Andrew Heaney. I mean, yeah, that's this is a guy that we've kind of banked on for the last couple of years and kind of hasn't reached his ceiling because of injuries. So, obviously, him coming back, you're like, okay, good. So, I'm hoping that he's able to reach that ceiling right now. You know, the Angels obviously need – they need someone to step up and, and, and give you – I don't expect them to come in real quick and be a guy who's going to throw six or seven innings right away. Obviously, this is a guy who's just coming back from injury. It's going to be hard for him to be the savior of this team, you know. It's, it's not easy, but but he is going to be. He's an important asset to this team. He's important. You plug him in there. Any any part of that rotation. I mean, he's better than anybody we got right now. Obviously, you know that we can probably throw in there. You know, you just hope that guys like Skaggs and 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 Harvey and Cahill can step up. Something the Angels were banking on. So let's get into our email questions, and I'm already afraid to open this one. Let me get a drink of water. This one right here, excuse me, this question, I'm already nervous. All right, here we go. This this email comes from our good buddies, Dose Leprechauns. Check out the Dose Leprechauns podcast. Uh, They kind of talk about pretty much... Anything in the world of, you know, college football, obviously Notre Dame, but, you know, they, they talk MMA, they talk wrestling, they talk Angels baseball in there. He says, in all seriousness, you know my disdain for Osmus, and he didn't spell it Osmus. <laughs> but why do you, why not make a change at the helm at this point? Because it's freaking May, Jason, relax. You know, I've been seeing a lot of these questions online a lot of people want Osmus fired already. And I, I think that's the most... And I'm sorry, Jason. I, I mean, 
I'm sorry, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, it's dumb. It's May. You gave him a three-year contract. That's why you, you deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with the fact that Angels gave him multi-year contract. It wasn't huge. I think it was two or three years, but they're not just going to fire him. They're not. It's May. He hasn't. It's not even half a season yet. Not even half a season. And if you look at other records, the Angels aren't that far off these other guys, which is super surprising to me. I'm 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 frustrated. Yeah, I'm frustrated. But I'm also very realistic at the fact that you just can't fire everybody. You can't. You can't. I've I've heard on social media site or social media groups on the Angels where they want let's just do a whole. Let's do a whole change. Let's just do a, you know, a rebuild. What the hell? It's it's May 24th right now. That's why. That's why you don't do it. So uh, he said, but why not make a change at the helm at this point? Create a spark, inject some energy, a new voice. A new voice. He is a new voice. Mike Social was a voice for the Angels for 20 years. Brad Osmus has been there two months of the season and one spring training. That's why you don't get rid of them. Inject some. The players are the ones that play the game. Everyone was wanted Sosha fired. He's gone. He stepped away. Now all of a sudden everybody wants Oscar. This team was not built to win this year, guys. That's the reality of this right now. That's the reality to me. That this team was not built to win in 2019. Why are we expecting these guys to be... 10 to 12 games over 500 these people you guys act like we're <laughs> the best team in major league baseball and we suck that's that's not it the angels are not that team they're not that team and people saying they should have instead of wasting their money on cahill and harvey they should have went after keiko well if keiko was so damn good why isn't he why isn't anybody else signing him right now it makes no sense to me it makes no sense Continues by saying something clearly is not working. It's May 24th. I get it. Some of these losses, I, 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 it sucks. All right, it's frustrating. <clears throat> this team was not built to win in 2019, guys. Why are you expecting this team to be so great? I, I know the limits of this team. When they lose, I get mad. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not calling for a bus flip. I'm not calling for whole new coaching staff like everybody else like everybody wanted them last year they did it every coach is gone pretty much the manager's gone now you guys want him fired it's weird <coughs> excuse me you guys still support Asmus oh see I said it Asmus that's how we spelled it you shouldn't Rid- you're ridiculous Jason I'm sorry bro I, I-, I strongly disagree I'm mad too but you have to be realistic with with what the team's not going to fire him, dude. It makes no sense right now. Like it's it's May twenty fourth. If it's July and they are they're forty to fifty games out, that's something different. But if they're hovering around that 500, five hundred lower, kind of like five six games under where they're at now, later, then he's not going to get fired. So why why get yourself all worked up? Why get mad? He says, if you guys still support Osmus, you shouldn't. At what point would you feel it would be? A th- you just heard me. Give him at least a season. This team was not built to win in 2019. You look at the look at the team. Look at the look at the team. The way it really is constructed. 
they have a chance. I I did not pick them to win. I said maybe they win 80 games this year. Dan thought they could win the second wild card if they stay healthy. I disagreed with Dan and said, nah, man, this team's not that team. But, man, I, I feel like Stephen A. Smith right now. A little, a little more tame, a little more tame. But that's a ridiculous question, Jason. I, I, I strongly disagree, man. I love your passion, but it's a bit trolly, bro. It's a bit trolly. He told me not to dodge it, and I did it. He want my honest opinion. That's what it is. I'm no halo honk by any means. I'm not a homer. I know that this. I'm the one saying this team is what exactly what it is right now. I'm the coach from the the what's that? What's the coach from the the Vikings that went on that tirade? They are who they said they were. That's that the Angels are who they are. That's who I expect. What I expected them to be this season. I I did say, however, that they could compete, but that doesn't mean. That they could win anything. <laughs> oh, Jason, you got me fired up, bro. Ridiculous. It's fine to be upset, but you you have to be realistic. And, that, and that's why I'm off every single Angel fan page now. The only fan page I'm associated with is Halo Haven. That's ours. That's mine. That's Chris's. That's Daniel's. Never leaving that one. But I had to leave every single group because a lot of people like you were on there talking all this. Uneducated. Like, sorry. But uneducated, like, assumptions. Do this, do that. Same people were arguing. We're on there talking all this madness. Are the same people that wonder why the Angels don't trade for Clayton Kershaw, or how come the Angels didn't trade for, you know, why didn't they trade um, their fourth um, outfielder for, you know, um, superstar third baseman, you know, from the freaking A's? Makes no sense, guys. It's ridiculous. Next one comes from Edward Viscaino. Rough couple of days. Not ready to throw in the towel just yet. I'm excited for the return of a few guys. Who can really help the pitching staff? Any update on Upton? We kind of talked about that with the poll question. Obviously, it's Heaney. But everybody coming back is going to help that pitching staff. You look at J.C. Ramirez. This is a guy who can start a game for you. This is a guy who led the team two years ago and wins. You got a guy in in Keenan Middleton who can come in and close the game, who can be a late-inning, high-leverage guy. Are you going to put him in there right away? No. But you work him back in there. He's a he's the Angels' future uh, future closer. Or or the eighth-inning guy, depending on how Buttry, Buttry looks like he's freaking great, but Robles is lights out. I love the back end of our bullpen. No one expected that. So to answer your question, I mean, if the poll question says Andrew Heaney, but anybody in that lineup... Anybody coming back can 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 really help that that team, the pitching staff. As far as Justin Upton, on any update, I have no update on you. I didn't know that running into a wall would cause you to stop playing baseball for so long. This happened in March, so I'm like I'm getting a little frustrated there with that. But we're not missing much with. I mean, we are, but a guy like Goodwin has stepped up really a lot, and a guy like Tommy Lastella. Is stepping up because we weren't expecting those numbers from that position, and look what we're getting. So that's kind of offsetting Upton being gone. With him coming back, hopefully it could only get better, but who knows? But I have no, no, no news on Upton. I I haven't seen anything. Next question comes from Rob Lastings. He said, "Big blow with Simba being out probably for a while. Yeah, he will be. What thing will we miss most? 
with Simba being out? I, that's to me, that's an easy question, and it's the defense. Um, his offense, obviously, he to me, his offense is <coughs> icing on the cake to everything else he brings to the team. I think you're going to miss his defensive presence. Obviously, it's his, he's a platinum gold glover. Platinum makes sense. Platinum gold lover, but he's probably the best shortstop in the league defensively. But not just that, what he brings to the field, like his smartness, how aware he is, the things he does, the little things that, that you don't really catch, that's what we'll miss. I don't really think we'll miss his bat that much with LaStella doing what he's doing and Fletcher really starting to step up. I, he's starting to make me eat crow, and I hope he continues to because I've always said that Fletcher to me is nothing but a utility guy. But that's that's still early in his career. But he's stepping up. You know, guys like Cozart ain't doing nothing. So somebody had to, and Fletcher and LaStella are doing just that. So Simba, to me, just his overall presence on the field, I guess, is probably the best answer for me. That's what we miss most with him being gone. The bat, again, I, I said his bat has always been icing on the cake for me. He was a guy that we got from Atlanta that we didn't expect big numbers from. When we when – we, there was – I was very happy with the deal because we got rid of an Ibar who was aging, who was going to go into free agency and probably ask for a good last contract. But, you know, uh, that's not – I didn't expect him to be probably hitting 3-4 in our lineup. And that's what he bats now. It's crazy. It's weird. It's weird. Duncan Healy says, hey there, fellas. Hope all is well. Or at least better than the Angels or Harvey at least. So does Heaney take Harvey's spot in the rotation? What do you guys think is wrong? He claims not to be injured. I don't see any decrease in his velocity. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, I honestly don't see Heaney taking Harvey's spot. I think he takes the uh, opener spot. I think they at least give it one go around with the opener and see what happens. And then if that kind of just doesn't really pan out and Harvey maybe has another bad start, then he takes a spot. But I think right away, I think I think you go, you put him in that that opener spot and you let him start there. Um, as far as what I think is wrong, you're right. There is no decrease in his velocity. He's throwing hard. I think he's just making wrong pitches. I just think that he's leaving the balls out over the piece. He's throwing strikes, but I feel some sometimes that he gets he gets ahead of guys and he gets really cute with them. And he, it feels like he, like he doubles up on a lot of his like breaking balls. It's kind of weird to me. Like, <coughs> excuse me, too many hanging breaking balls, stuff like that, stuff out out over the plate, stuff that I could hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he says he's not hurt, and I don't think he is. I don't see him grimace. He's throwing ninety four to ninety one, ninety one to ninety four, some whatever you want, however you want to say that. So I don't know. I don't. I don't I mean, it could just be him just trying to find himself. You know, he is in the American League for the first time in his career. He's obviously with with uh, interleague play being the way it is. You um, you do face more American League teams or National League teams than you did before, but not with regularity. So, I don't know. Can't really say much on that. Next email, the last one comes from Lauren Codge. She says, hi, guys. Hope I'm not today with the email. You weren't. You got it in on time. You got in there on time where I still got stats now for what you asked. Looking at the standings, the way they are right now, do the Angels have, do the Angels, now be honest in parentheses, have a legit shot at a playoff berth? Now, when the season started, I didn't pick this team to make the playoffs. I 
I said maybe they can be competitive. And competitive means be in the hunt. And, you know, right now, obviously, the Angels are 22 and 27. And I got the stands. I got standings in front of me. And it's early to say the standings, but this is why... This is why a question from like Dos Leprechauns about how come we don't fire Osmus and how come we just don't start all over. This is why. As bad as you think it is, other teams have it worse. And our team's not the greatest. Let's be honest. I'm I don't I don't I don't see why they're why a lot of our fans hold them in such high I get it. We're Angels fans, but I know what – you got to be realistic of what kind of team they are. They could win games. I'm not saying that they can't. This is the thing, but I'm realistic about it. So here's the standings right now. If the season were to end right now, okay, in the East you have the Yankees, so they, they won the East. In the Central you have the Twins, and in the West you have the Astros. These three teams aren't going anywhere. I mean, it could. I mean, obviously they could, but let's just say right now it ended right now because they're so far ahead. And then in the wild cards – the number one spot is held by the Rays, and they have a pretty good lead on that wild. They're 29 and 18 right now. Okay. 29 and 18. If the season we're in right now, the second wild card spot would go to the Red Sox, and they're 27 and 23. Four games over 500. Right under the Red Sox. Okay. So Yankees, Twins, Astros, Rays, and Red Sox, those are your playoff teams. The next teams under that who are just missing out are the Indians, who are at 25 and 24. The Rangers are at 24 and 23. They're one game over 500. The A's are at 500 at 25 and 25. The White Sox are 23 and 26, three games under 500. Then you have the Angels, who are five games under 500 at 22 and 27. And then the Mariners are at 23 and 29. All those teams right there are at 500, except for the Indians and Rangers, who are slightly, who are one game over 500. So let's just say every team I named, one, two, three, four, five, six, Indians, Rangers, Ace, White Sox, Angels, and Mariners, are at, are one game over 500, or or six, no one's over six games under 500. So do they have a legitimate shot? The way these teams are right now, of course they do. Do I think they'll... No, because the Red Sox are going to have to continue to not play as well, and I think they're the defending world champions. So it's going to be really hard to overthrow them for that second spot. If the Rays continue to play the way they are, I mean, the Rays were good last year. But if even if the Rays and the Red Sox flip-flop, I don't see anybody of these teams surpassing either of these two teams. But you can stay competitive, like I said. Indians, Rangers, A's, White Sox, Angels, and Mariners are all within six to seven games of each other. And they're, what, three games, the top, the Indian, the Indians are probably 25, three games behind the Red Sox for that final, that second playoff spot. And they're only one game over. That's why you don't fire Osmus right now. That's why you don't bus flip everything. Because there's, I mean, look at the standing. Look at, this is the way baseball is now. The Angel, for as bad as they've been playing these last four games, or they they're up and down, and as much as fans like to complain, they're in there. They're right there. They're right there. Weird, I get it, but they're right there. So yeah, they do have a shot. They're not completely out. They're not like the 
You look at you look at the Royals who are seventeen and thirty two. The Tigers are eighteen and twenty nine. The Orioles are fifteen and thirty five. The Blue Jays are twenty and thirty, ten games under. You look at those teams and you're like, oh well. Yeah. But they're in the mix with these what I would call fringe teams. They're they're right there. They're well, do I think they'll make it? No, I don't. I picked them at the beginning of the season to not make the playoffs. I said maybe they win 80 games, and I stand by that. That's why I don't understand why everyone did, – did people expect them to win the West, really, against the Astros team who I – don't, I, I don't get that. And then you look at the teams who made the playoffs last year, those pretty much the same teams are going to make it this year. Indians fell off. A little bit, but they're still in the you know. But then the Twins, the Twins have elevated their game. They're the best team in baseball right now. But then you look at those two wild card teams. You look at the Rays and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are the defending world champions. The Rays are twenty nine and eighteen. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But for as much as people wanted, I <laughs> same people that wanted uh, Social Fire want Austin's fired already. It's freaking weird. It's crazy, crazy. <sighs> fired up, fired up, fired up, Johnny Mags. All right, I have nothing else. Usually the show runs about an hour. I'm only maybe 10 minutes off that mark. I tried my best to kind of be as entertained as I can without my co-host here today. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, the, the questions that came in, especially adult leprechauns, Jason. I'm not going to put Nate on, on, throw Nate under the bus because Nate knows. It's weird because Nate knows more than you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, bro. Nate's more realistic than you are. At least Nate's a little more like calmer about it. But um questions kind of fired me up, so I'm happy with that. But the rally bus will be in Inland Empire tomorrow for um Mike Trout Bobblehead Night at San Manuel Stadium, home of the Inland Empire 66ers, Class A affiliate of the Angels. Joe Adele will be there. The Halo Haven rally bus will be there. We'll be there. Uh come check out the bus, say hello. Pick up uh, some buttons. Hopefully, we'll be have some more buttons for you guys. The 66ers turn into the California Burritos for a day. So, pay homage to the California Burrito and uh, new uniforms and everything. Hanford Halo, last question coming from Instagram Live here. He said, um, I, think he said I think he meant, I like the Angels, I, or I think the Angels are sellers at the deadline. Who could they trade? Um... It's too early to tell if there'll be sellers, Got, um, dude. It's May twenty fourth. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, obviously, if it were, the de- trade deadline would be here now, yeah, they're selling. Um, I just finished saying how they're not as far as as for as many people who want to talk smack and be super upset at how bad the Angels are. They're in that range where everyone else kind of sucks too, so they're not that far off, which is weird. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Again, I'm repeating myself to answer your question. But they're in there, which is which is crazy, which boggles my mind. As far as them being sellers, uh, I I I don't know who they trade. Obviously, you look at guys who are one year con- who have contracts left or on one year contracts, maybe like a Luke Croy, Cole Calhoun's in the last year of his contract. The only thing is. Who's willing to trade anything of value for these guys when they know that they're done after this year? So you'd have to trade them to a contending team that really wants something. And is Cole going to be 
that valuable to a contending team? Is Luke Roy going to be that valuable to a contending team? Is Cody Allen going to be that? You just can't trade guys just because you want to trade them. You know, I mean, you're going to trade them over there just to trade them. It doesn't make sense. So something has to come back in return, and they're going to have to want something in return. So I don't see them really being. I don't think they have anything that anyone really, really wants unless they're willing to trade for like a. Let's say Angels are willing to trade like a Hansel Robles or a somebody like that, and I wouldn't want them to do that or a Buttery. That's because that's who they're going to want. Contending teams are going to want Buttries. They're going to want um, Hansel Robles kind of guys. They're going to want maybe a La Stella. If he continues to play well or a good win. Um, but you just can't trade a guy because his contract's up. He's going to have to provide something for that other team. You know what I mean? And another team, say you don't trade him to a contending team. Cole Calhoun, for instance. If you trade him to the Royals, right? Who are the Royals going to give you in return? Or at that point, do you just trade him just to trade him? Why trade him just to trade him, though? It doesn't, like people think, oh, I'm just going to trade him because his contract's up. Well, not really, not necessarily. Someone's going to want to want him, first of all. And who are you getting in return for him? If you're going to get a guy who you just is a career minor leaguer or a guy who is you got to have you got to have to have something. Just if not just wait it out. You know what I mean? It just and I don't think a contending team really needs a guy like Cole Calhoun or unless somebody goes down. You know? That's it. Unless somebody on that other team goes down. That's just that's the only way. Did they go after Kimber or Kaiko? Nope. Both those guys on the down ears or they're down. If they were so good, they'd be signed right now. That's that's my answer to everything. If they were so good, then why aren't they signed? Kimber and Kaiko are at the latter end of their careers. Are they going to be the best guys on our team? Absolutely. But what good does that do us right now? Are you willing to sign them later for? Crazy money. I wouldn't because you got Robles, Buttry, Middleton coming back. And that's the back end of your bullpen. Keiko, to me, he'll be an ace on our staff because we don't have a legit closer or a legit start or a legit ace. But he's a number two, number three guy at best on any other team. Had maybe one really good season where he won the Cy Young and then had eh, seasons. So why spend... Crazy money on a guy like Keiko when there's a guy like Garrett Cole who next year is a free agent. There's other free agents. There's uh, other key starting pitching free agents next year. I don't have the list in front of me. I wish I did. But there's guys on that list that I'd rather have them sign, like a Garrett Cole. Who's younger? Keiko is – I don't know why everyone's so enamored with Keiko. Kimbrough, no. Keiko, yeah. Yeah, our bullpen is – and especially with J.C. Ramirez and Keenan Middleton coming back. Uh, and Drizzles just said, our bullpen is set. Epler has done a great job at that. We need starters. Yeah, we, we, we need legit starters. But I think the Angels are waiting, again, like I said, for the free agent class of next year. You got a guy like Garrett Cole in that list who's a guy who I really want the Angels to go after. Uh, but, yeah. So, again, uh Hanford Halo asked me, do they go after Kimbrough or Keiko after the draft? And that's what I was answering to. I should have said it. I'm on Instagram Live right now. Um, but, yeah, great questions, guys. We can get into that on our next podcast as well. Um, I think it's still a little too early to to really 
delve into what the Angels are going to do at the trade deadline. Because if you know, if you guys on Instagram Live just tuned in, listen to this podcast on Apple Play or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. I talk about why the Angels do not just call it in just yet. You look at the standings and you'll see why. You know. Uh, Dre Day says, got to take out Cahill and Harvey. Wasted investments, better off with options in AAA. Not really, bro. I'll have to disagree with that one. Uh, I, I'll, I'll agree with you that they're not pitching great. They're terrible. <laughs> but uh, there isn't better options at AAA. Who's who's a better option? Name me, name me two or three guys. And if you say anybody, that's not a legit answer. Um, uh, I believe Suarez is the next guy who's kind of high on the Angels pitching rotation or uh, prospect rotation, and he's not ready. Um, I follow the the um, the minor league system pretty well. He's not ready yet. Um, Sandoval's not ready yet. Too young. Angels have a lot of guys who will be ready in 20, 2020, 2021, 2022. Berea, I'll give you that one. Suarez is not ready, dude. Suarez is not ready. Um, great guy to have, but um, not ready. Berea needs to work on something. He he didn't look good this season. Um, but I agree with you on Cahill and Harvey. Um, they're, they're not pitching well. They're not pitching well. But again, I'll go back to this. May 24th, guys. It's May 24th. And if you look at the standings, for as bad as you guys and everybody, and I even me, think the Angels are, look at everybody else, and it's like kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they're still in that mix. It's crazy. It really is, and they're, they're lucky. Um, but it's May 24th. Um, anything can happen in the second half of the season. Cahill and Harvey are veterans, and a lot of people are saying, how come you just don't release Harvey and, and – um, and Cahill, because there's an investment in there, like you said. Wasted, maybe, yeah. You don't give up on them that fast. It just, you just you just can't. Man, this is awesome that you guys are asking these questions. Hanford Halo says, will Jared Walsh stay or will he get sent down? I think right now he stays for the most part. Um, he's a guy who, who who provides a good left-handed left-handed bat in the lineup. Not a superpower guy, but a guy who can a guy who can uh you know uh fill in there. And then he's a guy who, in garbage situations, will throw an inning or so. So I think he stays. Uh, Dre Day, hopefully JC can still start too. Had hope for Tropiano, but he's getting shot. Yeah, Tro- Tropiano, to me, he's even off my radar now, and that sucks because I, I love Tropiano. Um, yeah, he's, he, uh, he's just got to find it, man. It, it just sucks. I think, I think he's a guy that we're just going to kind of forget about. Um, yeah. JC, I think JC will even if he's not starting, he'll be a valuable guy in that in that bullpen. Super valuable guy in that bullpen. Uh Mitchell Batco, what is what shirt are you wearing and does it come in an extra medium? Uh this is our Halo Haven shirt. This is it's Halo Haven exclusive shirt. There's only a few made. Um I don't know if we'll get more printed. Um you'll have to talk to Chris about that one. Um, I think we do have some. I don't know what sizes we do have, but hit up, uh, hit us up on a DM. I don't think Renfigo, Renjifo is ready for the big leagues. Just from Andrew Rizzo. Um, he is young. He got catapulted from. He was at Class A last year. He started the season at Inland Empire, worked his way all the way to Triple A, and made his debut this year. I think he made his debut because it, we needed we he, he needed to be here. 
Um, I don't think he's ready 100% yet. He needs some work. He needs more at-bats. I think he's a guy who can can uh, he can he uh, get more at-bats at the AAA level would be better for him. I really do think that. But I do think he will be ready at one point. I don't think he's that far off. He's got power for a little guy. He can hit the gap. He's really fast, and he's good defensively. And that's all you can ask for. So, all right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up from, for here. I got to eat. I got to finish up this show. Thank you guys on Instagram Live for the questions there at the end. It made the show longer, which is freaking great. And the questions were awesome. I really do appreciate you guys. So again, uh, follow us at Halo underscore Haven on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show, uh, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and on Spreaker.com. That's going to do it for me. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Daniel and my and myself will be on the show together. Uh, maybe Chris will make an appearance. Who knows? That guy's an enigma. He's like Bigfoot. All right, guys. You have a great you have a great rest of your week. I am Johnny Mags, and you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.